When someone tells me I can't do something, it only makes me want to do it more. I don't know what it is about me or, you know, other people I've heard of that are like this, but when you take something away from me or you tell me I can't have it or I can't do it, it only pushes me harder. Welcome to Healthcare Heroes, where we celebrate and appreciate our frontline workers, share stories, struggles, and successes, and focus on our mindset with where we are and where we want to go and how we can get there. Hello, hello, and welcome. My name is Bridget Harding, and welcome to Healthcare Heroes Mindset Magic, where we come together in one of the toughest professions in the world to share stories and successes and struggles and really learn how we can feel the best that we possibly can, realize that we are in charge of our own minds, our own thoughts, and our own feelings, and enjoy a community of some of those most magical people in the world that I know. So welcome to podcast episode one. And I guess we'll start with a little bit of a story time because I feel like I should allow you to get to know me a little bit since you're going to be listening to me. And I guess we can start with my journey into becoming a nurse. Now, I can say this started as early as being 10 or 11 years old. It was the first time being a nurse was brought up to me. Uh, We were at home in my house. We had a giant freezer downstairs in our basement that would, I guess you could say, work most of the time. Um, and every every once in a while, maybe once a year or so, um, my we would have to defrost it. It would just cake itself so thick in uh, ice that we wouldn't be able to fit groceries in. So um, we would, you know, my parents would defrost it. So At some point, they determined that my sister, my older sister, was old enough to help, and they were bringing down hot water to defrost the freezer, and she slipped on the stairs and spilled boiling hot water on herself, on her hands. Um, And, you know, I can't say I remember going to emergency rooms very frequently. I can remember a couple examples, but this was one of the times we went to a doctor's office or an urgent care something um, for the burns on her hands. And when she had slipped and fallen, I said, I'll get some cold water. And I filled a big bowl of water and um, put some ice cubes in it. I don't know. I guess I was thinking the colder, the better. And, um, you know, my, my mom brought her back upstairs and was feeling horrible. And I kind of just took her hands and put them in the cold water. And I don't know what it was that, you know, no one had ever experienced serious burns before. Usually you burn yourself on the stove and you run it underwater. I don't know. I put two and two together and figured it out. And I remember being in the urgent care and waiting for the doctor to come back with some burn cream. It was nothing super serious, just some some blistering. And my mom said, you should be a nurse. And I was like, why? I didn't think I had done anything really special. And she said, well, you just, you stayed really calm. That was really, you know, not a great situation. You stayed calm and you helped and you figured out the next best thing to do. So that was the first time nursing had been introduced to me as a as a possible career option. At that point, I was probably still just like over, I don't know, I'll be an astronaut someday. Um, I remember thinking and, uh, you know, the, the running joke in my family was that, you know, if I just applied myself, if I just tried to reach my potential, I could really, you know, be anything that I wanted to be. And 
I was perfectly happy just being like just enough. Like, hey, as long as I can pay the bills and hang out with people I like, I'll be whatever. So uh, my my big ambition as a young child was to be a uh, veterinary tech. And, um, you know, I figured, oh, it's just it's it's almost like being a vet, but I don't have to go to school for eight years for it. So why not? It was one of those like diploma things that you would see scroll on infomercials. So that was my big ambition as as a child and being introduced to nursing as an option, you know, probably didn't come back around to that until college. So decision making time came around when I was in college, starting my freshman year of college, still no idea what I wanted to do. I did not feel any strong pull any which way, but I went to college on a basketball scholarship, a division two college and played sports the entire time to pay my way through college. And I started out in athletic training. I thought, you know, I was drawn to helping, to healing, that kind of thing. But sports was all I knew. That's what I had gone through high school doing, playing travel basketball, um, getting a scholarship to get through college and figured that was the next logical step and realized shortly, maybe halfway through my freshman year that, you know, I was still doing prerequisites, but where was I going to get a job as an athletic trainer? It was going to be more of a challenging, not not as many needed. And I wanted to have options. And I realized that nursing was kind of the logical next step. I could work different shifts. I didn't have to get up early in the morning if I worked evening shifts. It could have possibly been born out of laziness. Who knows? But I knew that I could get a job in nursing and I knew that I could also hop around in nursing. So we'll talk in other episodes with with other people and how they chose to get into healthcare professions, what pushed them, had they felt it from a young age, had they always known, was it more like me, like I've got to decide something and I've got to decide now. So I went into nursing, I applied to the nursing program. And when I met with the my my counselor for the nursing program, um, my guidance counselor, she told me that I better pick a different major. And at that point, I had pretty much talked myself into wanting to do nursing and, and realizing all the benefits. And she said that no one in the history of the school had ever successfully completed the nursing program while being an athlete. And pretty much told me it it was not possible, so it would not be happening. What else would I like to look into doing for for a major? And now something you should know about me, and like this is something I think my husband learned early on in our marriage. I mean, probably within the first couple of years, let's say, is that when someone tells me I can't do something, it only makes me want to do it more. I don't know what it is about me or, you know, other people I've heard of that are like this, but when you take something away from me or you tell me I can't have it or I can't do it, it only pushes me harder. So he's he learned that pretty early on. And now when I come to him with an idea or, uh, you know, a new project or something like that, he has learned to respond very neutrally because even if he like deep down doesn't want to dive into that or doesn't think it's a great idea, he knows better than to tell me that's not a great idea because I will only turn around and that is just fuel to the fire for me. It just makes me want to do something more. So when this counselor told me that it had never been done, I couldn't do it. I don't know that it was necessarily that type of situation, but I was definitely like, 
well, I've got nothing else. Like there's nothing else I can imagine going into a career in. There is nothing else I think I'd be good at. I have just finally decided after months that I should go into nursing. So I can't start from scratch. So I ended up going and talking to my mom about it. And she was surprised and said, oh, well, the, the, head of the entire nursing department at your college. It was only about 45 minutes from my house where I grew up. She said the the head is actually a parent of one of the students at my school. She was an administrative assistant at a school. And I was like, oh, okay. So she happened to mention it to the head of the nursing department who said, oh, well, have Bridget come talk to me. We'll figure something out. And I met with her in her office. We talked about different options, how I could do it, how I could make it work. And, you know, I don't know if it was meeting with me or if it was just that, you know, it was a favor to my mom and she knew my mom that she said, well, we'll make it work. We'll figure something out and we'll make it work. And that's how I basically applied and got into the nursing program. You know, grades were fine. Prerequisites were fine. I was accepted in and well, that that math test. We'll talk about that another day. That'll be a story for another day. But anyway, I did get in and went on to complete the nursing program at my university and um, did spread it over five years. I played basketball for four years, had to spread the nursing program over five years just because of some of the requirements. And we traveled a lot for basketball. So I had to be there for actual clinicals and things like that. So I did spread it out, took some extra electives in English and writing and sign language, some of the communication stuff that I really enjoy and actually went on to uh, become a member of the National Honor Society at our school, made the dean's list a couple of times and just kind of showed like, hey, well, now someone's done it. So maybe that'll help pave the way for people behind me that, that want to do sports and the nursing program. So my nursing journey has my career has taken me a little all over the place. Again, you know, I graduated figuring I'll go into med surge, I'll do some general stuff, get some basics. I don't know what specialty I want to go into. Do I want to do maternity? What, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? So I, I never had a strong pull to do anything. So I, I wanted to sample. And, and that was something that, you know, nursing lends itself to. Not only can you start on one floor and move to other floors relatively easily, but and maybe not in all situations, but certainly the hospitals that I was working in, you had a high potential to be floated to other floors. And, you know, as long as I didn't have to do telemetry, I was perfectly happy floating to other floors and, and checking things out. Telemetry has never been a passion of mine. I can, to this day, cannot read an EKG. And have no shame in saying that my strengths lie elsewhere. And I think we should work within our strengths. We'll have another conversation about that another day. But I worked uh, on general med surge in the hospital that I had worked in as a CNA through school. So I took a graduate nurse there position there that was offered, um, you know, right as I was ending school. Uh, passed my NCLEX, you know, checked my NCLEX score during a shift while I was working there as a graduate nurse and found out that I had passed. Actually, my supervisor brought me the printout and, and we had a little congratulations dance. And the the unique thing about that hospital was that it really did focus on holistic care. Uh, it was a plain tree hospital. I had the opportunity to learn therapeutic touch, which I have not come across elsewhere, but I would most compare it to something like Reiki, where it's, you know, energy healing, um, and something that we were able to offer patients. And the other unique thing that I really loved about it was that we had a certain number of beds on the med surge floor that were dedicated as hospice beds. 
So if, you know, acute inpatient hospice um, in partnership with the local hospice facility, if someone had was was deemed to have two weeks or less to live, they could secure a bed in our hospice beds there. And we were trained in hospice care. And that was something that I never knew if I could go full time in because it's a heavy position. It's, you know, you know what the outcome is going to be. But I I found peace in being able to provide comfort to patients and family members in their end of life care. And I I never ended up going and pursuing it full time. I did apply for a hospice position, a full time hospice position once and did not end up taking the job because I just wasn't sure if I could only do that. And I truly, truly think that people who work in hospice full time are angels and they are just there to ease someone's transition uh, at the end of life in that whole process. So I was glad that I had that experience to sometimes do that. And I truly believe that is absolutely a necessary part to have someone help facilitate that that end of life transition, both for family and for patient. I think that it can be done in a comfortable way. It should be done in a comfortable way. People do not need to suffer at the end of life. I uh, recently went through taking care of my mom during her hospice experience last year and social workers, doctors, nurse practitioners, people that nurses, people that work in hospice are just something super special, something that is definitely needed in this world. So I had, you know, everything from hospice to med surge at ages 16 and up. Peds was never my thing. And went on to eventually become charge nurse, become a preceptor for new nurses coming in, and sort of maxed out what I could do there without getting into managerial positions, which at that point I really had no interest in doing. But I wanted, it was a small community hospital and I wanted to experience something more. So after moving physical locations that I lived in and it was a longer drive to get there, I actually moved on to a bigger city hospital. Still not a huge, huge hospital, but I had a little bit more option there. So I went from being an admissions nurse to running a a overflow unit, an overflow unit from the ER where patients were getting admitted from the ER, but didn't have beds yet because the hospital was full. So they would come to this overflow unit and it would just be me and a CNA there. And we would help take care of these patients uh, in the interim until they got secured in their beds. So there was a certain amount of autonomy in that. And when that unit was not needed or when it was closed because there were no overflow patients, I would float around the hospital, help out on different floors. So again, I got to fulfill that, you know, getting a little taste of everything that the hospital had to offer. And I ended up working a lot in psychiatry and realized that it was just a whole different animal and it was it was new and it was something different every day and took a a more permanent position in psychiatry and it was actually in the ER ABU acute behavioral unit so kind of the crisis unit for psych patients coming into the ER so that was probably the most interesting time in my nursing career again it was something different every day Everything from, you know, a patient who has gone off their their regular medication regimen to suicidal patients that were were trying to physically harm themselves to uh, someone on PCP who was just out of their mind on drugs. Lots and lots of different types of patients came in there and it was something new every day, basically. So it always 
was interesting. You never knew what you were going to walk into. And that's kind of the life of being in the ER or being in the crisis unit. You don't know what you're going to get. And that's, you know, a good thing and a bad thing. So I ended up spending five years of my career there. And by the time I left there, we, we basically we moved out of state. So I was leaving that position because we were leaving and it was time to go because I was very burnt out after five years. Now, there are some people that will work psych every day of their life, every day of their career until they retire. And I think that I just wasn't cut out for that. It was very a lot of the nurses that worked would would float down to the crisis unit. Uh, you know, one shift out of three, or when it was just their turn to float down to the crisis unit, and they they didn't love it. They wanted to be in inpatient psychiatry where people were more stabilized, and you know, it wasn't a ton of patient care. But I stayed permanently in the in the crisis unit, and I think that led to some burnout. And we're gonna have a whole separate podcast episode on burnout causes, prevention, things like that. But by the time I left five years in crisis mode, like it was just adrenaline pumping the entire time, 12 hour shifts. It was it, the burnout level was just there and I was ready to be done. We I had just gotten married at that point, had had some family stress at that point and ended up getting very, very sick after that. And I don't think it was all because of, of nursing burnout, but um, the stress on my body, the stress on my, you know, adrenals and the level of cortisol in my bloodstream, I'm sure contributed. And then it all just kind of was a perfect storm came together all at once right after we moved out of state. So I am an open book when it comes to my health journey. I will absolutely share that, but I'm trying not to make this first episode an hour long. So stay tuned, bookmark that. I will share my health journey. It it got pretty dicey there for a minute. It was, you know, it could have been life or death at one point. And I will absolutely share that with you guys at some point in this podcast journey. But just to continue on with the nursing story, we moved out of state about 12 hours away from family. And I that was the first time I was unemployed in my career. We went three months where my husband kept his job and we moved down, found a place to live. And the timing worked out because had I had a job, I would not have been able to keep it with how sick I was. But we uh, found a place to live. We, I got my health under control. I got stabilized with everything that I had going on with my adrenals crashing and everything else and getting diagnoses that I'd probably had my whole life as far as autoimmune condition goes and finally getting things nailed down with a doctor in a different state. So I found a job and I was just still too burnt out and probably still recovering from being so sick that I could not imagine going back to bedside care. And I actually looked into working in one of our local hospitals and went into case management. So I was still interacting with patients, but it was not direct patient care. It was more finding their, you know, following them through their hospitalization, finding their transition to after hospitalization to discharge. So whether that be to home, to short-term rehab, to a long-term care facility, that was my job was to interview them, talk to the interdisciplinary teams and figure out what the next steps were, work with the social workers and find a place for them to go. So I did that for a couple of years and then got pregnant with my daughter and planned to go back to that. But after having her, just could not imagine leaving and found something where I could work from home. So I, I... Uh, resigned from that position and found a uh, case management position, clinical review from home, working kind of for slash with insurance companies doing telephonic reviews, pre-certifications for things like stress tests and, and different testing, MRIs, things like that. So 
that was a, a whole different side of nursing that I had not been aware of before. I mean, aware of, but really when you're taking care of someone and giving them medications, you're not so much worrying about if they qualify for their nuclear stress test or not. So that was an interesting side of things, but I didn't feel like I was doing much nursing. I didn't feel like a nurse. So I think once I got my, you know, I worked there for four years. Once I got my bearings, once I got my health back under control, once I was out of like that new mom phase, because at that point when I had my daughter, I was like, I can't care for anyone else. I don't know if other new moms have felt this way, but you know, I felt this way for my husband. I was probably a much more loving wife before my daughter was born when I was just a more caring person. And then like all my caring went to her and I had no energy for anything else. She didn't sleep until she was three. So I was also exhausted. So once that got under control. I I felt like something was missing. I felt like I wasn't taking care of people as much anymore, but I also didn't want to go back to bedside nursing. So I went and started working phone triage and got to start working with patients. It was a lot of pediatric patients, you know, talking with their parents when they would call into the office, the doctor's office after hours, they would get, you know, patched through to us and we could walk them through things they could try, you know, if if their kids stuck something up their nose, things they could try before they went to the ER or telling them, no, you're, you know, your kid's having trouble breathing. You need to get to the ER now or call an ambulance, that kind of stuff. So I did feel like I was doing nursing again, but the the um, the company, the systems, the management was not great and kind of always had my eye out a little bit for what else I could be doing next. And that's just kind of been my life and my career. I kind of like to jump around and like to try something new every few years or so. So I started actually teaching ESL online, English as a second language online to kids in China and getting up at like five in the morning to do that. And then I was working evening shift as a nurse doing phone triage and cut back my hours a little bit to part-time. And I was able to have a little more flexibility, a little more freedom in my schedule, do a little bit more of what I wanted with family. And then I actually got introduced to an entrepreneurial position of being a travel agent, which I did not know was still a thing. It was actually another nurse that introduced me to that, and I will be forever grateful to her for that. Got to pursue my travel business. So I was actually able to work as a nurse, travel more, um, have more flexibility, and I grew that over time to the point where I actually left my nursing job and pursued travel full time. So that has led me up to this. And now I do some career coaching, some life coaching with healthcare professionals, and have started this podcast just to kind of connect with other healthcare professionals. Because helping people is is just something at the core of who I am. It's something I will always feel called to do. And I think that's where my life coaching business was built out of where I work with healthcare professionals on mindset, on pursuing their passion project. I've got a free Facebook group called Passion Project for helping people work through those roadblocks, those obstacles of where do I want to go? Where have I been? Where am I now? What do I need to put in place to get what I want to get? Whether it's traveling more or if they want to go back to school to get their APRN or spend more time with their family, whatever their goals are to really work on mindset and satisfaction and accountability to themselves. And I've worked with people who want to figure out how to speak to management about problems that they're having and working up the courage and the the game plan to speak to their supervisor with feeling like there are unsafe patient staff ratios and things like that. So using my career path, my history, and the education I've gone through becoming 
a coach and being a coach and being a preceptor my entire career, it's something that I felt passionate to go ahead and help other people because there are so many things that clicked in my personal development, in my career development, in my mindset that I wonder if I had known that in my 20s instead of my late 30s, would I have made different choices? Would I have been able to avoid burnout? Would I have not been so worried about being a people pleaser that I wouldn't have stood up for myself in certain situations where I should have? So that's basically what this podcast will be, is interviewing all different kinds of healthcare professionals because you are the front line, you are the essential workers. And now more than ever, the world is realizing that and realizing the value of nurses, EMTs, CRNAs, CNAs, uh, social workers, and doctors out there who are the ones keeping us safe, who are the ones putting their lives on the line for us. And I want to give back something to those people, to those essential workers, those frontline workers, to be able to give you the tools, help you find the, the things within yourself, to be able to do your job the best you can do it, and also protect yourself, your mind, your heart, because we all know you don't go into nursing, you don't go into healthcare for the money, you go into it because you have a desire to help people. So we are going to talk to you with all different facets, all different interdisciplinary teams about what they're doing in healthcare, the problems they face in healthcare, how we can make this the best situation possible for you, help you achieve the life that you want to achieve while you're busy helping others feel better. So that's a quick summary or not so quick summary of my nursing career, of my life as a healthcare professional, what this podcast will achieve and what I am setting out to do. And I will hopefully be talking to you guys again soon. If you would like to drop a quick review in the review section, I would love it. If you want to wait and see what this podcast is all about, I encourage you to come back and listen to the next episode and let me know what you think then. Bye guys.